Daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, guys, as always, we're going to continue here. I Look, you know, we normally do the four to five, six shows a week. I figured to close out the year with all the excitement and everything, and plus there's a lot of people I want to thank, you know, for their time, uh, you know, coming on the show over the year. So we're kind of closing out 2018 as long as closing out the 2018 season. So with both things, you know, you're probably going to get something here every day, guys, as it goes on. Uh, joining me here this evening, and it's kind of ironic, I went back in the notes, it was right around, I believe, week four of preseason, she was able to join me then, uh, Miss Andrea Hanks, uh, writes for Forbes, Dogs by Nature, um, we're going to get into something a little bit later, maybe she's going to branch out into something else here, but Andrea, uh, I- I'm very thankful and glad you could join me here again this evening, break down some stuff. Absolutely, happy to be back. Okay, well, now, first things first, you know, I mean, we had a little fun with the huge jokes and that type of stuff, <laughs> and the gates opened on the 2018 season, and it was kind of more of the same. Um, you saw a lot of promise, and you saw a lot of things that were, you know, just same old, same old, that you were able to compete, you weren't able to close out, you shocked a lot of people week one with a tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you maybe gave, you know, up until maybe the last week or two, you gave this New Orleans Saints one of the toughest games of the year. And then around week three, late in the first half, Tyrod Taylor gets dinged up, gets yanked out of the game, and Cleveland just got spun on their head <laughs> and have found their new savior. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think it's been a, an, incre- an impressive story this whole season with the Cleveland Browns, just from the way things were at the end of last season, you know, winning zero games, keeping Hugh Jackson around. The, the changes that they tried to make, you know, quarterback and bringing in Tyrod, drafting Baker, and, you know, the way things that have kind of ended up at this point, it's 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 surprising in one sense, not in another, because, you know, the if things weren't going to go good, you kind of had a feeling that Hugh Jackson was not going to get to the end of the season. But for, you know, all of these ups and downs, I mean, this is always an entertaining team, but this has been quite quite a season so far. And it, and there's like just so much more that goes along with it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you take out your head coach, you take out your offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it looks like the most brilliant offensive mind in your building. And you know, Pete Smith, who I know, you know, we didn't even know his freaking name. We called him Todd for about a week and a half, and it turns <laughs> out he may have been the smartest offensive mind in the building. And now you're just seeing it even more. Yeah, and you know that's that's really surprising to me because I thought that given the way that the Browns' offense, you know, that side of the ball, that side of the roster was was put together, that it seemed like a really great situation for for Todd Haley to, you know, kind of flex the muscle that he was he was you know doing in, in Pittsburgh. But instead, everything just went backwards uh, in terms of you know the ability to run the ball, uh, the willingness to run the ball, the the way they were using or not using Duke Johnson. I think that was a major you know kind of head scratcher. Um, so to see some guy, you know, you know, the Browns are talking about bringing, you know, taking this running backs coach who's never called plays before in his career, and suddenly, you know, he's making magic with Baker Mayfield. I'm just, I'm shocked and, and pleasantly surprised. Look, it's another one of those brilliant offensive minds plucked from obscurity that are just, you know, kind of de rigueur at this point uh, in the NFL. <laughs> And then you, you you mix it with a you know a, you know kind of going with the Christmas theme here, a couple of guys who were the land of the misfit toys in Greg Robinson, sure. Brashard Perriman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Robinson, look, there's been some ups and downs that you know, but kind of solidified and the, the, you know, they know what Greg can do, so it allows them to game plan for Baker around that. Brashard right. Perriman, which you, you know the Carolina game, open it up and then closing it late with a reception in the fourth quarter, uh, the big touchdown reception on Saturday night. 
And you know, everything from an athletic profile says, wow, this guy should be special. Um, you know, Obviously, you know, a bad, bad time down in Baltimore. But here, mm-hmm. complete fresh start, you know, and starting from basically, because when he signed here, things weren't going very well at all, for, you know, for the team. Bashar Perriman kind of just came in with a work ethic and, well, look, you know, hopefully I can do a couple of things and maybe catch on somewhere else a little bit better. But now all of a sudden, and, you know, he comes up a lot, the name Bashar Perriman. But here's yeah. a guy, you may have found something who maybe a guy, you know, after all this time, Finding a way where, you know, look, he may never, never going to live up to the round one pick that he was, but maybe more of a Darius Hayward Bay where, look, I, I still want to have an eight to 10 year NFL career. How can I go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it is, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, you know, everybody kind of freaked out a little bit. Oh, they're trading Josh Gordon. They've traded Josh Gordon and trying to think about who who can handle, you know, kind of a deeper threat kind of role and, and has that speed and, and, and that field stretching thing that the, the Ravens thought that they were going to get in, in Perriman when they drafted him. Uh, and to see that kind of, you know, all of a sudden blossom in Cleveland, and you just, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of us, myself included, when, you know, the Browns were doing some, some receiver tryouts, and it's like, Perriman, really? Like, out of, like, you know, all the, all the guys that you could you could get, and uh, but yet here we are, and he, uh, you know, he's catching passes and 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 changing, you know, making like game changing plays. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes you know, you know, each each item goes into the oven. Sometimes uh, some take a little bit longer to cook than others. Sure. And you know, hey, maybe for Bashard Perriman, this is the thing. But and look, you know. Good organizations, what do you do? Oh, well, people are going to throw first-round picks on the street. I at least, hey, you know, all right, so maybe it's a busted TV. Well, if we get it a new plug or a new antenna, uh, for any younger sure. guys, yeah, TVs used to have antennas. <laughs> you know, but and then hey, you, you knew it was quality. It says Sony on it. You'll see if you still have something there. But it, it's nice to see that ways all gel, gel together. And look, I mean, Greg Robinson is an NFL veteran. Bashard Perriman is. And for the most part, you've got a lot of young kids on this offense in the skill position. So you miss it. Mix this in with Jarvis Landry, and it's been really fun just the way to see it all flows together. And it seems like everybody kind of really likes each other. Yeah, it's a team. Like 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 you know, Greg Williams was saying earlier this week. You know, this is a team that you can tell that it's a team. Uh, you know, it's not a collection of players, which I think you know a lot of people kind of think. Oh, you know, if you look back to uh, what was that, 2011, the Philadelphia Eagles, quote unquote, dream team, and they were throwing all that money at, at players and, and getting all these big names, and you go, wow, you know, on paper, look at this team, but it's just basically a collection of players, and until they're on the field together working as a unit, you can't really call them a team, and and I, and you're really seeing that come together with the Browns, which is really fascinating to me because. You know, it's been all of these years that they've had so many draft picks and so many young guys, you know, and, and a lot of those young guys are already gone. And there's a new crop of young guys. And every yeah. year it's 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 been really difficult to, to get that team unity in place. And, and the fact that now this iteration of the Browns has gotten it, I think that's a really great foundation that, that this can be all, you know, build upon uh, moving forward. I, I don't see this as a team that's going to regress from this. I think that there's just only growth going forward here. And especially with the age factor and all that went on, I mean, it verily it would have made all the sense in the world for this to sink into a three and thirteen. Well, I mean, they already have the tie, so three twelve and one or sure. whatever. I mean, it would have made all the sense. He would have said, "Look, these kids didn't deserve it. They weren't ready for it. You know, they're finding their way in the NFL." Um, flipping it over the defensive side of the ball, as much as the offense, and you have Baker Mayfield, and the thing with Baker is he's going to give everyone a shot. So everyone's going to give that extra effort, knowing, "Hey, if I get open." 
Baker Mayfield might actually throw me the freaking ball. But on defense, now you're just kind of stacking chips on tops of chips, whether it's a Miles Garrett, whether it's a Larry Ogunjobi, whether you add a Jannard Avery. Then you go back to the linebacking core, and you got Joe Schobert, who just kind of makes this whole thing hum. Denzel Ward, uh, maybe we get to see him again this year with the concussion. Maybe we don't. If not, we know we got a legit starting cornerback. You know, Terrence Mitchell's found a way to contribute. Then you look at the safety position. Demarius Randall is everything you could have asked in a trade acquisition. He solidified that free safety. And Jabril Peppers, who's been solid but quiet statistically, goes in Saturday night into Denver. You know, mm-hmm. gives you everybody to shut up the naysayers who wanted to see stats. This is a defense that's got all the makings to be the elite of elite for a long time with the age these guys are. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's that's really excellent, you know, to see, you know, both the youth on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball are, are starting to, everything is starting to come together. And, you know, I mean, think like the, the high number of, of takeaways, you know, those aren't really, you know, it's not a year by year sustainable thing, but at the same time, there are certain techniques and things that can be taught. You know, you, you think about, you know, the Chicago bears and peanut Tillman and, 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 and teams that, yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you, you look at that kind of stuff and, and, you know, maybe that stuff isn't sustainable, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're obviously working really, really hard at trying to, you know, generate these turnovers. And, you know, now, you know, you've got some good pressure up front and now it's just like the next step, taking the next step in terms of, you know, they get these turnovers and they can create pressure, but they're still giving up a lot, a lot of yardage. So it's like, you know, it's just tweaking these little things, but at the same time, it's not saying, oh, you know, we got to fire the defensive coordinator. What is this team? Why are these guys doing this? We're not, we're not even scratching our heads anymore about how Jabril Peppers is being used. So, you know, I feel like, you know, just like on the off- offensive side of the ball, it's a young team. It can only get better, and it's already really good. And I think, though, and the one thing where you brought up with the creating the turnovers, that stuff becomes contagious. And, you know, and look at, oh, wow, you made that play. And, you know, it's something like they can show you on film and it doesn't necessarily translate. But when you watch, you know, your teammate and like, oh, wow, man, you know, he came in late. The tackle was already made, but he was the one that, like, that's what resonates more. I mean, film is great. And look, you're going to pick up a lot of new, you know, you're going to pick up what the team's going to try to do to you. But until you see something in front of you live in action, that's when it really clicks. And I think it started week one with Pittsburgh and it just trickled down every week after. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, and, and I think that does a lot to, you know, galvanize the locker room. You know, it does a lot to improve morale in the locker room. You know, if, you know, guys are guys are eating, you know, they're eating interceptions or they're, you know, you got, you know, Chubb out there eating yards, running, you know, running the ball. And it, it, it uplifts the locker room, whether it's win or lose. And so you want to go out there and, and be with your teammates and and work together as a team, whether or not, you know, last week's outcome was what you wanted or not. And I mean, I think that's an attitude we could all agree that has certainly been been lacking uh, for the Browns for quite some time. So I, I think that's also really positive because all of these good things make the you know the team feel better. And when the team feels better, they they're going to work together and they're going to like fight and believe in this. And of course, and have each other's back, and you give them one hundred and ten percent. And this kind of goes back to the Jarvis Landry thing. Well, yeah, maybe the ankle's bothering you a little bit on Wednesday, but you put every pad on it. Maybe you don't do every rep. Maybe you don't do every drill. But you know, let everybody know that you know when the chips are down. Look, I've got your back. I I am here for you. Um, We're going to shift over topics in a little bit here, but uh, Andrea, the first thing (laughs) about this Sunday coming up, sure. 
Hugh, Hugh's coming back to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, please, I mean, can somebody <laughs> just find a way, find somebody, put a GoPro on him and just follow him around during pregame, whatever, because it, it, it's going to be interesting. And let's see, um, it's going to be two days before Christmas. The holiday ha-has are going to be flowing extra hard. It, it, I'm sure it should be nice G-rated stuff, right? It's, it's something you want to take your oh, kids yeah. to, right? Oh yeah. yeah, I mean everything about the dog pound is completely G-rated. I mean it's just little, it's just some dogs, right? Some nice pleasantries, <laughs> of course. Yes, puppies. It's puppies. It's puppies. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean at least Hugh knows what he's. I'm sure he knows what he is in for. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be quite interesting, and I'm sure you know some of the pregame shows will find a way to you know make that quite something they're gonna you know. And as much oh, yeah. as when he went to Cincinnati last year and gave old AJ Mc. Karen a big old slapping wet hug and you know it was maybe almost a little broke back mountainish that is not going to happen in first energy this Sunday I don't see any chance of that um guys this is the locked on podcast uh Andrea Hanks here uh, from Forbes dogs by nature of SB Nation kind enough to join us here uh locked on NFL podcast Matt Williamson you know five shows a week <clears throat> Monday you get hosts like myself He'll cover, you know, three, four biggest games of the weekend. Uh, you get Sage Rosenfels on Tuesdays. PFF uh, Wednesdays with Mike Renner. They, you know, break down some player grades, some guys who, uh, you know, uh, surprise, things of that nature. Mike Sando from ESPN joins Matt on Thursdays. You know, these guys know each other a long time, so you get a lot of good football talk and a lot of laughs out of those two when they get together. Matt Friday does his Pick'em show, um, you know, breaks down the entire, you know, 16-game slate for you for the weekend, gives you every pick on every game. So go ahead and check out the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Now, Andrew, we haven't had much to talk about this, and you know, there is a still a slim flicker of a chance. And I don't not I do not want to talk AFC playoffs until it is one hundred percent official. So we will not sure. do that. But we will talk NFC playoffs. Um, it seemed very very clear the Los Angeles Rams, the New Orleans Saints. It, it, this is it. This is where it's going through. But over the last couple of weeks, there's one team, and they happen to live in the city where you reside, who keep <laughs> putting it together week in, week out, and you're getting a consistent effort from both sides of the ball. So, I mean, the Chicago Bears, I mean, you know, there's going to be a home game or two possibly in Soldier Field, one minimum. It's it, it's nice to see the way it's coming together. The Khalil Mack deal, obviously, you know, just did monsters for that defense. Yeah. But offensively, I mean, there's a lot of teeth <laughs> to it. And these guys, week in, week out, seem to give a consistent effort. This is one team you haven't seen a snoozer effort over here from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's really impressive, you know, and 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 I, you know, I think what really really helps, you know, you've got that young quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, but they've got such a great defense that it really helps him along, and I think that's a really great thing for any young quarterback to have when he's starting out his career is is having that help of of a good defense. He also has a good run game, uh, you know, helping him out, and I think that's that's wonderful, and that's only helped him grow as a quarterback as the season has gone on because you, you can kind of see his evolution throughout the season and you can see him getting more comfortable and getting more confident. And I think heading into the playoffs, I mean, that's, that's you know, some nice swag for a young quarterback to have. And, uh, you know, and I think the Bears, uh, you know, could make things pretty difficult for, for these high-powered offenses in, in L.A. and New Orleans. Um, you know, the, the defenses, I, I, I'm one of those defense wins champions, championships people, and it's not like, 
I mean that the team that has the best defense all season long <laughs> is the one that's going to go all the way in the Super Bowl. I mean that the the highest quality defense that's in the playoff situation, I think that really you know takes you a long way to the Super Bowl because when you you see these past few years, yeah, there's been these explosive offenses, but then you have this you know Seattle Seahawks shutting out you know Peyton Manning's historic offense, Denver Broncos. You you see that all the time in in a Super Bowl context. And so I think that's something that, you know, it's easy to, you know, pencil in, oh, yeah, you know, Chiefs Saints or Chiefs Rams because they're just go, 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 go on offense. But, you know, there's also defenses that can stop, 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 stop those offenses. That's that's a big reason why the Bears have 10 wins. That's a big reason why they've clinched the division already. And uh, so that's, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. I think, you know, they're, and, and that's not, you know, city guy living bias either. That's like this, you know. They snuck up. They, they kind of snuck up in the last part of the season, and, and now they're pretty dangerous. Yeah, I mean, and even long-term, though, because you think now Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. went from North Carolina, went to the coaching staff he had his rookie year. Now, imagine when they get a full offseason under his belt, and yep. now it's his second year in the system. So that's where the offense can kind of get up and maybe match the defense. But Khalil Mack, this is a <laughs> guy, he, he could just destroy the playoffs himself. I mean, you know... When when he's been one hundred percent, even when he's not, I mean, you know, so when he's not, he only get a sack and a half. But you yeah. see what he's done, and you know, and another one that surprised over the last couple of weeks is Leonard Floyd's game is picked up because it's like, wow, well, I just got this simple old right tackle, and it's just me and him. All right, yeah. yeah. So I, I, he's found a way to get some things done, and it just goes and show, you know, shows what you know, resonates when you have that elite guy that every offensive coordinator says, well, everything we're going to do is to stop that guy. But meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, the other ten are like, all right, you know, you know, make it easier on us. Sure, we're good with this. Exactly, exactly. Because it's it's one thing, you know, if if a team has an elite level pass rush, just total, you know, your 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 guys up front are an elite level group of pass rushers. That makes everything easier for the secondary. But when you you have this one guy who is like a whole bunch of elite level pass rushers, I mean, he's got more sacks than the entire Oakland Raiders defense right now. <laughs> when you've got one guy. Then he is elevating all eleven guys on the field, and it and it makes that makes it that much harder for for offenses because you know Khalil Mack is coming for your quarterback, you know it. You can try to stop it, and it doesn't work. And so when that when that's the case, it it, it leaves the rest of the defense kind of wide open to to you know do what they do and 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 have a better shot at it. So, I mean, you, you know, when one guy can do the job of three or four guys. And then there's eleven more, or, you know, ten more guys on the oh, yeah. field. You know, that's 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 quite an advantage for for Chicago. Yeah, and, and now looking at it the way it looks, um, you know, the Saints. As much as I like the Saints, I think if they do not, if they have to leave the Superdome, I, I really worry about how that's going to work out. Sure. Um, the Rams look at you know, unless they if they 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 don't want to go to Chicago. We know they don't want to go no. to Chicago. <laughs> no. Um, but. So somehow, some way, you know, it's going to be interesting because I think the Bears game is going to translate regardless. And look, I mean, you know, in this time of year, well, hey, we get we have to go play in L.A. Okay, we oh we have to go play in a dome in New Orleans. Okay, you know, how do you see this shaping out here? You know, Dallas is in this, but I mean, there's there's good Dak, there's bad Dak. I, I think it's a three team race here in the NFC, and I'm gonna maybe I'll put you a little bit on the spot. I, NFC Championship, how do you see it playing out? The NFC Championship, you know, that's a that's a really difficult thing because it, it is this three-team race right now with the Saints and the Rams and the Bears. Um, you know, I think, gosh, 
You know, if I mean, if if the if the entire road to the Super Bowl goes through the Superdome, then I have to give it to the Saints because they play so well at home. Their offense is obviously, you know, as it all as it has basically the entire Drew Brees era, just kaboom. And the defense has been playing better as a whole this year than it has in the past few years. And obviously, they're playing a lot better um, at home than they are on the road. So for that reason, if if they remain that number one seed and they've got the home field throughout, then it's going to be hard for me to pick anything else. But, you know, watch out for those Bears because, you know, I, I mean, that defense is legit. But it's, it's really hard to, uh, to, 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 to get to... Drew Brees. So I, I'd be curious to see like Khalil Mack going after Drew Brees and seeing how well that works out. Because that, that's a guy that you know, that's a guy who's just he's Mister Protected. <laughs> yes, and and that's the thing though. And, and this is where you know. And look, it, it and, and it'd be okay if the Bears are still a year away. It'd be sure. fine. I mean, because they are way way ahead of the pace right now. Their their um, starters are like nobody's older than 27 except for a guy who filled in for an injured guy last week. Like, their starters are all 27 and younger yeah. right now. So, like, they've, you know, if this isn't their year, they've got a window. <laughs> and they're also in the best position, though, if they have to leave their home stadium, they're going sure. to translate better. So, I mean, sure. that is going to only help them. And the one thing with the Saints, and look, you know, Taysom Hill is a fine, fine story. Sure. But Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in this league. He's yes. only got a number of snaps left. Why are we giving them to Taysom Hill? That's the part <laughs> I don't get. It drives me bonkers. Absolutely nuts. They do some clever stuff with him, though. And I, I understand they're, they're kind of trying to just get him worked into the world of, of the NFL, which is basically, you know, sort of sort of how the Ravens were approaching things with Lamar Jackson earlier this season before Flacco got hurt, and Lamar Jackson has helped really elevate that team as a whole. So I can, I can get it. I, I understand it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some method to that madness, and I, I respect it, but I can understand getting frustrated, too, when it's just like, yeah, but this is the legendary Drew Brees, like... If he could play the snaps, have him play those snaps. <laughs> well, I mean, well, this would be the other thing, though. I mean, could you imagine now Josh McDaniel saying, hey, I've got an idea where we're going to put Corderell Patterson. We're going to do some you know, quarterback looks with him in Belichick. What are you insane? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, yeah, I, I agree. I traded for him. I think he's a fantastic athlete. Why in the hell would I ever take the ball out of 12's hands? And that's just kind of where I come from. You know, Maybe it's a little bit of the old school because, look, I mean, I, you know, I'm totally with the modern day. But it's like, well, really? Really? Really are we going to do this? Why, 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 why would we do this? Good point. Good point. <laughs> so that's just where I go with that. Guys, Locked On Cavaliers. Chris Manning does a fantastic job over there. Guys, as I always tell you, Chris is kind of where I was a year ago covering the Browns. You know, you're searching for direction. You're, few, you're searching for what are what is going to lead this team on the court. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be some sort of, you know, head coaching hire somewhere along the line. Maybe it won't be this year. Maybe you're going to put some, you know, a, a better lineup together to decide who, who fits what you have put together better. But Chris Manning, uh, you want to talk about better, does one of the best and better jobs of covering the Cavaliers. Locked on Cavaliers with Chris Manning. Fantastic job over there. Now, Andrea, career-wise, uh, yes. things are about to, you know, you're going to add a little more to your plate and maybe put a little bit more on your own plate. So go ahead and tell everybody about this. And guys, why I will give Andrea this platform. I, I've I've read her work for years. It, it's got to be five, six years now. I admire her work. I appreciate it. And the other thing is, is I know how difficult it is 
for women in this industry. And she's just been one, just nose to the ground and has worked every single day. Um, so let everybody kind of know what you're doing and what you got some plans on doing. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange industry, sports media and NFL media uh, in general. Uh, just, you know, Str- start- strange is a, a, a kind <laughs> word. Kind. Yeah, I, I'll say it's a kind word. But, uh, yeah, since I got started doing this professionally back in 2011, it's already so different now than it was you know, seven, eight years ago. And it's, I mean, and it just changed probably four times in, in the span that I've already been doing this. And, and, and part of that, you know, uh, you know, the ill-timed, you know, Facebook's idiot pivot to video junk and all this stuff that has sort of dried up a lot of jobs in sports media. And, you know, I, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing now, you know, the, the Brown stuff and, and, and the stuff at Forbes for the Steelers, but I've written about the whole league for so long. And, and I, there's and, probably not a team she hasn't covered at this point, guys. It's true. Just for it's, anybody listening. It's true. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, just trying to find an outlet for that without, you know, flinging, pitches at a bajillion different editors and and driving myself crazy because I thought about that op- option. It's just like, I don't know. I just want to write what I want to write. So I'm I'm starting a Patreon. Uh, it is launching on January 2nd. Um, and it's going to be very heavily uh, uh, NFL columns. But there's also going to be, you know, some pro wrestling stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with food and the restaurant scene in this country and in, in my city and cooking and recipes. So there'll probably be some, some food related stuff on there too. Just basically whatever I feel like writing about, um, with a very heavy NFL focus. And so that's just what I'm going to, I'm going to start doing, uh, after, after the new year. Cause why not? I got some more time on my hands and there's stuff I want to write. So I'm going to do it. And, and, you know, as we talk before we hit the record button, when you actually get to talk about and write about what you want to, yeah. It, 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 it just opens you up and it makes you better. And so then maybe, you know, if something better comes along where it's, okay, this is what we need you to do, you, you found a way to get back inside yourself and open yourself up and, you know, basically have, you know, your own inner creativity. Sure. I mean, you spend, you spend enough years, you know, writing, you know, five players on the roster bubble and like, you know, five mm-hmm. things to watch in, in, in this week's game. Wouldn't it be great if they traded for this guy? <laughs> exactly. And you, and, and you kind of get <laughs> formulaic in that and you, you kind of, you can lose your voice as a writer, you know, and just be like, Oh, I am like NFL transaction, autonomous, autonomous, whatever, a ton, whatever that word is. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a tra- here's what happened. NFL news robot. And, and, and you kind of like, you know, you lose your voice and you kind of lose your creativity sometimes uh, when, when you're not, you know, able to spread spread your wings. And, you know, I don't know if this will succeed or fail or whatever, but at this point, I just want to write and I want to write these things. And there's there's stuff I want to say about the NFL and about pro wrestling. And and I, so that's I decided, you know, why not take matters into my own hands? Well, I, I, I won't even say a word, but you can go <laughs> ahead and talk about the food. Um, I suggest the Weber Grill restaurants. Uh, I won't bring up pizza. You know, I'm always East Coast biased, so we won't go that route. Um, Deep Weber- for tourists. It doesn't what? matter. People in, <laughs> Chicago, people in Chicago don't really eat that stuff. It's see, for tourists. See, she knows. She knows. She knows. <laughs> uh, the Weber Grill restaurants. Uh, my brother-in-law went out. Uh, he, uh, my brother-in-law and his niece, they are huge Bear fans. They yeah. were out for the Patriots game this year. He, he went, got to go to the Weber Grill restaurants. He was thrilled. We are big Weber charcoal grillers. I mean, sure. the pictures. I mean, so go ahead. Maybe start there. Go ahead. 
Weber's a great company. You know, the steakhouse tradition in Chicago is 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 big time. So <laughs> yes, if I ever get out there, I have Michael Jordan Steakhouse. Like because we've I've spoken with them on Twitter for years, like hundreds of interactions. Like, dude, anytime you come out, we'll feed you. I'm like, well, bro, I got to find a reason to get to Chicago first, unless you're going to cover the freight to get out there. But uh, yeah, I would definitely love to eat my way through Chicago one day. Um, yeah. But the the pro wrestling and and this is what it because there are so many men who talk about it. And look, I got two daughters, almost uh, twelve and almost eleven. And what do we get excited about on Monday and Tuesday nights and on pay per views? We get excited about the women, but there are mm-hmm. so many male writers. Shouldn't there be more females talking about this? Yeah, and, and, I mean, it, yeah, and there ahead. are. I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of women who are involved with you know covering the the indie scene, which is thriving strongly in the U.S. And they all, and they all deserve. I mean, a lot of people deserve voices here, and sure. maybe you can be one of them. <laughs> I hope so. I have, you know, I've, I've done some some WWE stuff uh, for the late great sports on Earth. So, and uh, actually, the the first time I ever was really out there writing on the internet, I was in high school uh, covering the Monday Night Wars and ECW uh, during the during the during that era um, for a site that I I swear I. I Every day I racked my brain. I'm like, what was the name of this site? It was some GeoCities site, but I was so proud of it. So, you know, I, I got I got my, my internet writing start <laughs> with pro wrestling back in the day. So, Well, it was funny because um, here um, in Jersey where I lived, and, you know, at the time we were living, I was living, you know, with friends down at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> and um, the bar we went to, which was the main bar down there, it was called Bar Anticipation. Um, Bubba Ray Dudley was the head bouncer of the bar. Of so at, all of these guys, they were in there all the time. This bar, and they had like their own little beach set up. ECW used to do like a show a month at the bar on the beach. They set up the ring and getting to know these guys. And, and I'll tell you right now, you know, helping Devon Dudley out of a drunken stupor. Um, going to pick up a pack of Newport lights for John Cronus. These are things I've done in my life. Uh, That's awesome. P- Perry Saturn with a steel chair. After the wrestling event was over, it was like, holy Christ, Dodo, this isn't good. This isn't good. The wrestling event is like two hours over. And this is back, you know, and keep in mind Paul Heyman, who was, you know, at a huge part of that and what he is now. Mm-hmm. And actually a kid I went to, you know, the late, great Chris Candido, who I had mm-hmm. gone to high school with. And it was, you know, in talking with, you know, Paul Heyman about him. And he's like, no, no. He's like, no. You know, so, you know, kind of showed him. And I was like, well, here's my high school ID. And just sitting with him and just talking about it. And that was such a great, fun era of wrestling. Because these guys, the one thing it was is they weren't making a lot of money. But they were doing everything they could to have the opportunity to make a lot of money. Yeah. And they basically all sacrificed themselves for guys, you know, a couple of guys like Rob Van Dam. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, that era was just, it was so fun for me because ECW would come to where I'm from in Western Pennsylvania at the, uh, the Beaver County Community College mm-hmm. Golden Dome. Uh, and I, I got to go to uh, November now, to remember. Now, guys, not, but, but not to cut Andrew off. Guys, you yeah. have to keep in mind, the only way you could see this was if you threw on, like, <laughs> Madison Square Garden Network at 2 a.m. This is the only way this was televised. So, like, that's how, like, under dark it was, but everybody loved it. Yeah, it was it was it was a, an infomercial spot on like the UPN network at two yep. in the morning on Saturday nights. <laughs> is is how I got to see it, 
And, uh, you know, I, I would be one of the only women at those events. And I was a teenage girl, you know, and I'd be like in the front row and, and you know, people like Paul Heyman and, and, and Todd Gordon would be like, who are you and what are you doing here? And I'm just like, I love this stuff. Sorry, guys. Like, oh, help me out here. And now, oh, my God, I feel so bad about this. And, and the tag team, they used to show up with a garbage can full of weapons. Help me out here. Oh, my the God. The gangsters. Yes, yes, yes. And they would just play. And the NWA music would just play the just play. entire match. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and I remember watching um, Bubba Ray Dudley jump, and we this was, uh, there was a little re- arena in Asbury Park. If anybody knows New Jersey, the Stone Pony, obviously, a bunch of musical acts came from there. What, standing there, watching him look down, and jumping onto a table. I was like, holy crap, that's 15 feet down yep. onto a hardwood floor. There was no mats, no nothing. Those guys were just absolutely insane. Yeah, it was quite a time. It was quite a time. I mean, you, you can have death matches and stuff now, and I mean, you, you see the kind of things that that like Joey Janela pulls off, and 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 all the stuff that they're booking, uh, and he he's been doing lately, and and those kind of guys. But to re- you, you can't replicate that era. That was just such a strange time. Though I will have to say. I will be happy to never see anybody take a chair shot to the head ever again. Because now, like, thinking back on that, it's like, oh, my God. Like, this was, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, not knowing about CTE and then, you know, being like, oh, yeah, the jacked up segment is on. It's just like, you know, you, you yep. look back on it and you go, oh, no. Like, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, where <laughs> are, oh, good. my God. Yeah, exactly. Because now everything we know now, oh, my God, where are these guys going to be? Yeah. Three to four, maybe ten years. Oh, good Lord. Um, but yeah. Andrea, always a blast because the one thing is, is you know, we do enjoy our NFL, but definitely diverse, and we enjoy other things as well. That's why you know you make for a fun guest for me. Um, well, guys, she is going to launch, and um, you know, Andrea used to do a podcast. There's some rumors that may come back. It and, might. If she does, guys, make sure you get all over that. Uh, Andrea Hanks from Forbes, from Dogs by Nature. Guys, this has been your Locked On Browns. Uh, we got a lot cooking here, uh, some, some more guests here in the popper as the weeks go on, as we close out 2018 and the 2018 uh, NFL season. Um, and here's the funniest thing, guys. As well as things have been going lately, there's still possibly a head coach search to cover and you know coaching and that type of stuff. Um, it, it is weird because this year, last year, I mean, we were literally draft, 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 and that was probably Halloween or so. So it's actually fun to be able to, to cover this team and these type of maneuvers. So we're going to enjoy every moment of it. The Lockdown Browns Twitter account, we always keep it a follow back. Guys, please, always, if you, you know, go ahead, follow it. We will follow you back. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of, you know, listeners who have questions they don't want to put out on social media. Guys, if you want to DM to me over there, I answered like five, six today. You know, I, if there's questions you have, I have no problem answering those. Um, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the personal account. Go ahead and follow over there. iTunes rating and reviews, guys. Those always keep the show growing. And I appreciate and support any little help you guys can give me in that respect. As we always say, as we close Locked on Browns, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.